Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning, February the 15th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I am your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our greatly esteemed usual Tuesday morning guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Uh, we are glad you've tuned in with us today. We are wrapping up a three-part series uh, on prophecy and evangelism. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, and this was a listener-suggested topic that we were really more than happy to tackle, and uh, it's been a pleasure to do so. We've been greatly blessed by doing it, and we uh, we certainly hope that you've been greatly blessed by hearing it, and uh, we hope you're finding some useful information. So we're going to wrap up this morning, and I think JB has mentioned to me that uh, our third bullet point, our third area of focus, uh, is going to be entitled uh, Why You Don't Want to Be Left Behind at the Rapture. Is that correct, J.B.? Yeah, it's uh, it's really been a wonderful uh, time of discussion. By the way, uh, good morning to you both. Great to be good with you. Good morning to you, sir. And uh, my, my uh, speaker kind of blipped out a little bit there when you introduced me. It sounded like you said your unusual Tuesday morning guest. Uh, That's exactly what I said, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely am unusual. Um, so, um, but, in, all uh, no, right, in all the right ways. Sir. In all the right ways, amen. So, uh, so yeah, this uh, topic has been really uh, encouraging. And the, the broad topic over the last uh, previous two podcasts and then finishing up today, as you said, is about evangelism and Bible prophecy. In other words, as we talk about Bible prophecy, how can that, that passion for the end times and that study of biblical prophecy translate into effective uh, evangelism, effective witnessing yeah. uh, to yes. others? And uh, so we are so grateful for the uh, listener who sent in that uh, suggestion. Yes, thank you, Dana. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it's been beneficial to to everybody but uh, we've talked a lot in the previous sessions about uh, kind of looking at current events and the headlines and how mm -hmm. that might be uh, fodder for opening a discussion with someone about the gospel and about the Lord Jesus um, and uh, we also last week talked about uh, current events and how they seem to be pointing to the nearness of uh, the rapture of course we can't yeah. set a date uh, but we can certainly read the signs of the times. And, and so uh, today, uh, what we're going to talk about is, uh, you know, using the reality of things that will take place during the tribulation after the rapture, using that reality as a way to encourage and motivate people to, to put their faith in Jesus now and not wait. Yes. Um, so that's why I've called it uh, you know, uh, you don't want to be left behind at the rapture, reasons that you don't want to be left behind at the rapture. And right. so um, if we're ready to dive in, I, I'm ready to go. Are you ready? Uh, listen, my, my toes have been in the water for, boy, for a long time on this. I'm ready, man. Well, if your toes are in the water, based on the picture i'm looking at on the camera you might have a leak somewhere in your pipes because you're in your living well, room. well that's all right we're we oh we lost video i don't know what happened <laughs> <laughs> it's probably best yeah so <laughs> I, I thought i would start by kind of walking us through and, and maybe this is how we will spend most of our uh, time this morning walking the listener through 
what uh, life will be like on earth after mm. the rapture. Oh, yeah. And, not attractive. Not attractive. Yeah, especially when you start getting into some of the details. And hopefully, yeah. as, uh, as you're hearing this, you can then kind of make uh, notes uh, on some of the key points that you think might resonate with an unbeliever in a particular evangelistic encounter. Um, we've talked a lot about how every unique, every situation is unique and, you know, one size doesn't fit all in terms of opening a discussion. The gospel itself obviously is timeless and changeless and perfect. It's Amen. quite simple. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. Uh, and it's only through faith in, in him that a person can receive the forgiveness of sin and escape the penalty of sin. Right. Um, but, uh, so there's clearly only one gospel, but as you're, uh, dialoguing with people and interacting with people in the, uh, you know, in the workplace or in family gatherings or neighborhood gatherings, wherever it may be, uh, you know, there's, there's different things and subjects that will resonate with different people. So uh, we're just trying to give you here on the podcast, some data, some information from scripture, and then trusting you and the Holy Spirit to uh, take this information and use it to uh, spawn some discussions about the gospel with other people. Uh, so uh, I want to kind of take the listener in their mind's eye to the moment of the rapture. We know a lot about that moment from the biblical teaching. Uh, we know uh, from, for example, in 1 Thessalonians 4, that it involves the catching up of all believers from the present church age. Amen. The Lord in the air. Yeah. Uh, we know that it's, yeah instantaneous in the twinkling of an eye yes. uh, we know that it's worldwide in scope uh, we know that it's a special blessing that is intended to bring comfort uh, every time you see uh, the uh, rapture mentioned in scripture it is uh, in the context of a comforting word uh, yes. for for example in first Thess four i think it's verse 18 it says therefore comfort one another with these words that's right um same thing in uh first corinthians 15 um i mentioned to our church on sunday in our nine o'clock hour as we were uh, talking about the second coming that the, con the one of the biggest differences between the second coming and the rapture in scripture is that the rapture is indeed a a blessed hope it's titus 2 13 it's a message of comfort um, because, as Paul says in Galatians 1, 4, it involves a rescue from this present evil age. It does not mean that we are rescued from having to face any suffering or harm. Obviously, for 2,000 years, Christians in the present age have faced persecution and martyrdom and horrific uh, suffering. Uh, but, but the fact is, the world's getting worse and worse, and it's going to reach unprecedented uh, heights of de deception and devastation and tyranny during the seven-year tribulation, uh, which is what we're going to be talking about this morning as to why everyone should make sure they're not left behind at the rapture. But Amen. rapture is a comforting message. You know, uh, you notice in, in one of the key second coming passages, which of course the second coming of Christ occurs at the end of the tribulation, in conjunction with the Battle of Armageddon and the establishment of the long-awaited kingdom. Uh, you, in Re Revelation 19, you see Jesus coming with a sword proceeding out of his mouth to tread the winepress of the wrath and fury of Almighty God. I mean, there's nothing comforting about that at all, you know? 
uh, God is about to strike the nations and again, you know, unleash the ultimate climax of his wrath that has been being poured out for seven years by that time. And you never see the Bible present those uh, uh, details about his return in the Old and New Testament, and then follow it up with, therefore, comfort one another. It's going to be quite comforting when the wrath of God is poured out. And, you know, but, but you do see comfort associated with the rapture. So imagine that moment when believers all across the globe in this present age, and it could be today, by the way, uh, the doctrine of imminency is clearly taught in Scripture. That means the rapture could happen at any moment. There are no preceding events that have to occur in order for the rapture to occur. It, is, it could happen at any, any moment. Uh, but all of a sudden, you see all believers caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, we could spend multiple shows talking about what happens for those believers who are caught up yes. in heaven uh, immediately following the rapture. There are many things the Bible talks about, but our topic at hand today is those left behind and what unfolds immediately following the rapture on the earth. So the first thing, and I, by the way, I've talked about this in a video called One Minute After the Rapture, and that's still available either as a, a streaming download or a DVD. Uh, and I'm working off memory here. I'm not, I don't have my notes from that presentation in front of me, but uh, you know, we know enough about the rapture from scripture and having studied it for so long that I can kind of just picture in my mind what's going to happen. So in the immediate aftermath of that, obviously, the first word that comes to mind is chaos, utter and total chaos. Millions of people have disappeared. Uh, the people left behind will have no idea what happened. Uh, perhaps some will. There might be some people who studied the Bible but never believed the gospel, and mm -hmm. so they might immediately think of the rapture and think, oh, this sounds like, you know, what I heard on the Christian Underground News Network or, you know, what I read in a, in a book or something. Um, or, or saw maybe in, like, Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series movies. Yeah, those were enormously popular, and really uh, were, yeah. obviously I think many people came to faith through the Left Behind series, even though, frankly, the gospel presentation, both in the book series and the video series, was not very clear or accurate. Uh, but still, undoubtedly, many people came to faith. But uh, even more certainly, uh, many did not. So you're right. There may be, and that book was, that movie and book was widely uh, circulated and watched and read. So it's quite likely that there will be people uh, after the rapture who are left behind who immediately think of, of that series. In fact, it was called the Left Behind series. The Left Behind series, yeah. yeah. I think it accurately depicted the, the level of chaos. Oh, no doubt, yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. The gospel message was not clearly presented during it, which, which is a detraction, but I think it did, it did uh, kind of, um, show the, the level of chaos and uncertainty that was going to follow. Yeah, it's. I think there were several aspects of that series that were depicted uh, fairly accurately in, in the movie version. But so obviously people are going to be, there's going to be chaos. We know that uh, in that moment, Satan is going to seize the opportunity to begin 
uh, moving into his end game. I mean, he's already moving into the end game as part of the Luciferian conspiracy. But at that moment, he's going to rise up uh, his man of the hour, the Antichrist, who will take the seat of power and become the tyrannical, satanically influenced ruler over the world in a one-world government. Um, and so uh, there will be, uh, just in general, the immediate visceral reaction will be one of confusion. Uh, we know God is not the author of confusion, but Satan is. Right. It will be one of chaos, uh, people grasping at straws to figure out what's going on. Um, the government agencies uh, throughout the world will uh, attempt, probably in, in initially, to speculate as to what happened. But very quickly, I believe, the one world system, whether it's already in place or kind of arises out of that chaos, either way, very quickly, there will be a group of global leaders led by the Antichrist who begin to give deceptive answers and reasons for the sudden disappearance of millions of people. Um, so that's the overarching, I think, visceral immediate response. But I think we also have to consider that in the midst of that confusion and chaos, there will also be, uh, you know, thousands, if not more, uh, occasions of uh, tragedies and crises and uh, emergencies. Because yeah. if you think about uh, believers and the, and the roles or occupations that they may have, Pilots. If driving a truck, for example, yeah. then that truck's going to crash. Yeah. So you're going to deal with uh, all kinds of, uh, of accidents. By the way, this is a complete side note, but I just have to tell you, because I know we've talked about this on your program before, but I just saw this morning a New York Times article. Uh, I don't read the New York Times, but I get their emails. And the article was a headline about the, the record number of auto accidents yes. happening in america today yes. more than any other time in american history yeah now they didn't they didn't connect these dots but i know you and i have talked about the fact that the oh, vaccines yeah. are oh, killing yeah. people yeah and they you see are. athletes dropping dead you see comedians you know fainting you see even politicians fainting during press conferences you yes. see high schoolers and all kinds of people just dropping dead because of the effects of this experimental uh, bioinjection, uh, yes. gene, gene editing bioinjection. And so I just am waiting for someone to make that connection about mm -hmm. you know, the fact that someone's driving along and then they have a medical emergency. But back to the rapture, in that case, it won't be uh, you know, medical emergencies. It will be people literally being caught up to meet the Lord in the air, which means their car, their bus, their truck, uh, their tractor, uh, their airplane, yeah, yeah, their boats, their trains, yeah. whatever it might be, will be left unattended, which of course will result in catastrophes across mm -hmm. the globe. Um, yes. You'll also have uh, places where maybe a believer was at the controls of some mission critical function, whether it's a missile uh, launch site, nuclear power plant. Power, nuclear power plants or even just regular power plants yeah. and if they're not there suddenly without warning they disappear the, right. that's going to result in blackouts and power outages uh you're going to have uh 
you know, electrical systems go down. What about uh, people? What about surgeons that are in the oh, midst of oh, doing a bypass surgery and they're a believer and they're caught up to meet the Lord? All of a sudden, the scalpel falls out of their hand and lands inside the body cavity of the patient on the operating table. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean all the, the horrific imagining, yeah, but, but it's, it's going to, it's going to be a literal thing. Yeah, I mean, and about the closest I can think that any of us might be able to relate to is the immediate aftermath of 9-11, where for the first few hours, nobody really knew exactly what was happening. And yeah. we all feared that there might be potentially dozens of uh, rogue aircraft in the skies targeting major cities. I lived in Houston at the time, which is a big oil refinery uh, port yeah. city on the coast. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we were, we're worried. Well, I think, you know, multiply that by orders of magnitude and you'll have what's going to be going on immediately after the rapture. So apart from the spiritual reality that a person has been left behind because they didn't place their faith in Jesus Christ, thereby yes. receiving the free gift of eternal life, there will be very pragmatic and logistical dangers and crises. Uh, I envision, um, you know, uh, looters and mobs and... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, family, your, your whole family will be in danger. Uh, I envision uh, world leaders uh, taking advantage of the fog of this unprecedented, inexplicable, from their perspective, world crisis, using mm -hmm. that moment to come against other nations, particularly yep. Israel. And it's my contention, and I get into this in my book, What Lies Ahead, a biblical overview of the end times, that after the rapture, that's when the battle of Gog and Magog ensues, as described in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Right. Uh, and in fact, I believe it's that battle that propels the man who becomes the Antichrist uh, to power. Um, so people need to understand that the, the, the uh, tribulation, that seven-year reign of terror by the Antichrist, does not begin immediately at the rapture. There is some unspecified length of time uh, following the rapture prior to the signing of the peace treaty when the Antichrist sort of calms the world down. You know, everybody looks to him as a peacemaker and he signs this peace treaty. Uh, but that could take months and some speculate even years after the rapture sure it's a possibility yeah we don't know so i tend to think it's more like months but um so i think in the days and weeks and months after the rapture uh things are going to go from bad to worse um, yeah yeah they are going to you know have to fend for themselves just for the basic necessities of life uh they're going to be dealing with not only the overarching question, which is what happened to all these people, but then they're going to be dealing with the tragedy and loss of others who were killed in accidents and, and, uh, you know, killed right, on an operating right. table or plane crashes, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and then that's the thought of that JB, now that you mention it is probably what our listener Dana in Franklin, Tennessee was thinking about when she sent you this letter. Uh, you know, what do you think about, uh, everything that's going to happen after the rapture, uh, and then you think about friends or co-workers or family members that are not saved and, and will have to go through those things, 
she she wanted us to find a loving way to to present this kind of discussion and and it's really a great idea is there is there a loving way to to present this to somebody yeah i think throughout the discussion you have to keep coming back to the fact that uh today is the day of salvation and jesus has uh provided a way so that believers do not have to face this great outpouring of the wrath of God and the wrath of Satan as they converge for seven years leading up to the climactic battle of Armageddon. God has promised that as believers, we won't be here uh, during that time. And so uh, the solution is to accept the free gift today. Uh, I mean, obviously, there are many other motivations that someone should consider when when thinking about believing the gospel and why they should be saved, one of them is obviously you're not promised tomorrow anyway. Death uh, is the great equalizer, and life's ultimate statistic is the same for everyone. One out of one dies, and so you're not promised that you'll be able to take your next breath. So there's already an urgency to the gospel, but I think uh, the the question on the table is how can we uh, use the reality of events during the tribulation and what will happen for those left behind to lovingly uh, share the gospel and, and encourage people to trust in Christ uh, today. And so yeah. I think as you go through some of these descriptions, you need to be obviously spirit-led and, uh, and be paying attention to the facial expressions and nonverbal cues from the unbeliever that you're talking to. And when you see something that resonates, you need to pause right then and say, but, but, you know, don't forget, you don't have to be here during that time. Right. Uh, you can right. trust Christ today, and then you'll be part, part of that great comforting blessed hope Amen. And, and so forth. So, um, but, you know, one point that I want to come back to that uh, I think you, you uh, made a passing reference to is the fact that I do believe Scripture teaches that people left behind will have the opportunity to be saved. I believe uh, that also, yes. And I, I get that from comparing scripture with scripture and the, dis- the discussion of uh, all the, the people that get saved in Revelation 7. Uh, right. So, but the fact of the matter is it will be much harder to get saved after the rapture than it is today. Why do yes. I say that? Well, remember, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 teaches that one of Satan's primary agendas is to blind men's hearts to the gospel. That's right. He is the great deceiver. And uh, deception is definitely getting worse and worse, according to 2 Timothy 3.13. But we know that that deception, satanic deception, will reach previously uncharted territory during the seven-year tribulation. In other words, if a person is deceived today into thinking that they don't need a Savior, or they can save themselves, or they're already good enough, or they're not too bad, or their church will get them into heaven, or their baptism, or their religion. Mm-hmm. If a person is deceived today into not believing the gospel, then they're going to be even more deceived after the rapture. So yeah. um, now we do know that there's going to be a missionary task force that is unleashed. Uh, 144,000. 144,000. That's a lot. That's probably a little bit more than listen to this podcast, don't you think? Um, maybe. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it doesn't. It may not equal uh, the number that listened to this podcast. It may not. We're not sure. It may not. That's right. Especially when people replay the tapes or download it. And uh, but uh, 
But yeah, so at the beginning of the tribulation, the Bible teaches that 144,000 missionaries, uh, there'll be Jewish missionaries, uh, yeah. will go throughout the world and preach the gospel. And uh, to every corner of the earth, Jesus yeah. had promised that prior to his return, uh, the gospel will go to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's right. Uh, just a way of saying every people group on earth will have heard the gospel. So uh, it's not like there will be no witness. There certainly will be a witness. Uh, mm -hmm. Then at the midpoint, you've got, and I talked about this in my uh, recent message at the pre-trib conference called one, what was it called? One minute before the second coming. Right. All about the tribulation and the lead up to Christ's return. Right. Uh, but there will also be an angel who is a, an evangelist, a supernatural uh, ex, uh, you know, expression of the gospel going around preaching the gospel. So uh, those that are left behind will certainly hear the gospel. Absolutely. Uh, but we need, you know, you need to understand, especially if you're talking to an unbeliever who is a skeptic and who has not dismissed Christ out of hand, but is thinking, well, I don't know about this. I, let me give it some time. Well, it's going to be harder for them to yield to the call of the Holy Spirit to salvation after the rapture than it is right now. You're right. There, there's going to be a lot of other mitigating factors. Of course, the, the, the deception level is going to go up. Uh, and just look what's happening now, uh, just with everyday topics in, in civics and government and you know world politics. Things are being censored. Platforms, sometimes entire platforms are being canceled. Uh, and, and there's going to be a lot of that. So information is going to be at a premium, and that includes information about the gospel. Yes. If Satan's got anything to do with it at that point in time, and he will, yep. he's going to limit that. Yeah, and I think there needs to be a connection made as you talk to people and share the gospel with them between the urgency of the hour now and the urgency that will take place during the tribulation, because uh, while it's true, everything we've just been saying that deception will reach uncharted territory during that seven years, it's already getting worse and worse. Yeah. So deception will be worse tomorrow than today. So yeah. people need today is the day they need to. And, and I think it's on that basis, JB, that, that we can introduce the loving aspect to people. Sometimes, you know, when people ask us questions about what do you think the world's going to be like in 20 years? You know, yeah. if it keeps going this badly and you can say, Hey, you know what? I, I don't, I don't see it getting better. Uh, not for quite some time. And, you know, based on that, you know, maybe you and I have been working together for 10 years and you know what? I care about you. Exactly. Uh, I, I care about your future, just like I care about mine, you know? And, and so I want to tell you that there's some good news, you see, and, and maybe that's a good way to lovingly introduce it, even if you've got to present harsh facts. Yeah, very well said. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, if we're going to lovingly share the gospel, it means we need to express that love. Explicitly. And yes, clearly you already love this person or you wouldn't care enough about their soul to be talking to them about the gospel, right? I mean, I certainly hope that nobody out there listening considers the evangelistic enterprise to be just about getting feathers into your cap or somehow keeping score. Right. It's, right. it's because we have the good news for a lost and dying world, and we don't want to see anyone. That's uh, right. 
spend eternity in a literal place of torment called hell. So, and, also, and also God is not willing that any should perish. Correct. Yeah. yeah but that talked, all should come to repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Second Peter three, nine, we talked about second Peter three for a bit on Sunday as well in our nine o'clock uh, session. But uh, so, yeah, I think it's one thing to love a person enough to share the gospel, but don't forget to tell them, just look them in the eye and say, you know what? I love you. I care about your soul. Yeah. And right. I, I know I'm ready. You know, uh, yeah. I, I'm ready. I was talking to my sister this week. We had a quick trip up to Nebraska, my wife and I, for a conference. And I spent some time on the phone talking to my sister, who I'm close to. And, and uh, she is so fired up about all this freedom convoy stuff and just yeah. you know, so like minded in so many areas to, to what I've been preaching and teaching about for years. And uh, she was she was very eloquently and passionately explaining, you know what? I'm not fearful of anything. I don't care. I know where I'm going. I know what my future holds. I know my home is in heaven, you know? And so we need to have that same kind of enthusiasm as we're sharing the gospel, but in a gracious, loving way, just say, look, man, I don't want to lose you. And, you know, uh, if the rapture were to happen today, I just, uh, you know, worry about, uh, you know, what's going to happen to you. And I, I want you to settle that issue now. And yeah. it's a simple matter yeah. of faith, you know? Yeah, because the issue then will be out of my control, and it'll be out of your control, except for the fact that you still have uh, free will to choose to accept Christ, even after that happens, after the rapture. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't delay it. Yeah, and, and, and some of our more studied listeners might have come across the view that suggests that a person who heard the gospel before the rapture will not have a second opportunity to get saved after the rapture. And uh, I, I'm familiar with that view, um, but I just don't agree with it. And I think the basis for that view is sketchy at best. It's, there is some discussion, for example, in 2 Thessalonians 2, that you might lean that way if you don't really understand it in context. But yes. I think the preponderance of evidence and the comparing Scripture with Scripture and just the principle of God's grace in general lead us to believe that clearly Amen. people will get saved after the rapture, Amen. And, yes. um, regardless of whether they've heard the gospel before or not. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is none of that will be of any consequence if you get saved today, because That's it right. won't matter. <laughs> That's right. It's a better. It's always a better choice to make. Let's do it today. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, um, you know, you talked about how, or we talked about how people, even in this present age, are being, you know, influenced by Satan's deception and by false worldviews. And, and of course, that goes back to, uh, in, at least uh, in earnest, it goes back to uh, the early part of the 20th century when there were so many things rolled out to try to control Americans, oh, yeah. the whole education system, the medical system. Yep. And by the way, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, someone that I know you and I have both followed for years, uh, Charlotte Iserby, just passed away last week. Oh, really? He did, yep. I think she was well into her 90s, and an f- unbelievable hero of truth. Yes. And, uh, you know, she's. I've uh, talked about her many times, written about her. Uh, she, uh, if people don't know her history, she was uh, appointed by President Reagan to be the Undersecretary of Education in the newly formed U.S. Department of Education. Remember, that was formed in the Carter administration. Yes. Reagan took over. And, of course, she was part of the Reagan Revolution, and she had hoped that 
Reagan would uh, disband it. And a lot of conservatives yeah. back then didn't like it, just like we don't like a lot of the departments that are created today. And they wanted to get rid of it. And, uh, and she went into her role with that expectation, only to find out that not only was Reagan not going to end it, he was going to further fund it, expand it, yeah. and give it more control. Yeah. And yep. uh, she was very outspoken critic. She ended up losing her job over it, becoming a whistleblower, releasing a lot of the internal documents that showed that the Department of Ed was part of a much larger conspiracy to brainwash and mind control our children. Yep. Um, she was outspoken against uh, outcome-based education. Mm -hmm. um, uh, she used to jokingly call OBE, our brains are empty, which is yeah. what outcome-based education really becomes. Uh, but anyway, so we lost a real hero there. <coughs> but all of that, you know, for the last 120 years has been working together to make it harder and harder for people to believe that there is a loving God who has provided redemption, paid yeah. the price through his eternal son, and uh, is, you know, wants all to be saved, as you quoted from 2 Peter 3, 9. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah, the time is the current time. I mean, we, we all know as, as born-again believers, we, we can see some of the signs, uh, and, and uh, the world is not getting any better. It won't until Jesus comes back uh at his second coming to rule and reign for a thousand years then there will be true justice and uh and, and the rule the, the world will be ruled uh in his light and yes. and you you can't do it any better than he can so that's when it'll get better that's, that's the, right we don't know how far off that is though so let's go back to the tribulation and let's say that you're talking to a person and you begin to explain the aftermath and the immediacy of uh, immediate time after the rapture. Uh, but they're still not really, uh, you know, sensing the need. And so I think uh, we can begin to explain what happens after the Antichrist takes the helm. And yes. we can talk about uh, the measures of total world control and global surveillance, the global police state that he's going to put in place, mm -hmm. much of which is already being uh, prepared today with the great reset yeah. um but uh you know we could talk about how at some point he's going to issue an edict at the midpoint in which he demands that everybody worship him uh you know and they're not going to be able to live really if if they refuse to uh mm -hmm. just the same way that wicked king nebuchadnezzar uh, uh threatened uh, shadrach meshach and abednego with death Right. In their case, death by fire, if they didn't worship him. Uh, the Antichrist will do the same thing, except the death will be by beheading. And so the longer a person goes through the tribulation without trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation, the more and more pressure is going to come to bear to try to prevent them from doing that. Right. And right. I truly believe that there will be a whole host of people who got right up to the cusp of faith, right up where the conspirator was convicting them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And they were, you know, this close to receiving the free gift uh, by trusting in Christ. And yet, because of the pre societal pressure, cultural pressure, in the case of the tribulation period, pressure of life, frankly, uh, or being able to buy and sell, uh, 
you know, they, they uh, succumb to that pressure. And uh, at that point, it's too late, uh, you know. So nobody, the Bible is clear that nobody who takes the mark of the beast will believe the gospel. That's right. Now, let's be clear. You don't go to hell because you took the mark of the beast. You go to hell be, for the same reason anybody goes to hell, and that is unbelief. That's uh, right. But as I demonstrated in my book, top 10 reasons some people go to hell and the one reason no one has to, even though the one reason everybody goes to hell is, is unbelief, there are many pressures that could come upon a person that uh, lead them to reject the gospel and uh, lead them to unbelief. So yeah. during the tribulation, of course, that's going to be uh, the fact that you're, you, you can't buy or sell. It's, it's in a much less you know, significant way. It's similar to the way in the last two years of this medical tyranny that many people, whether they're Christians or not, uh, have early on withstood some of the tyranny by yes. saying, well, I'll never wear a mask, and then they're forced to wear it to fly, maybe because of their job. Say, well, I'll wear a mask, but I'll never get the vaccine. And then right, right. they're threatened with losing their job. Well, I'll get the vaccine, but you know, I'm never gonna do this. And the first thing, you know, it's incrementalism. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think people need to decide what line they won't cross. And all I'm saying is that if you're listening to this program and you're an unbeliever, or if you're a believer and you're sharing the gospel with an unbeliever, it needs to be made clear that today is the day of salvation. It's Amen. not yeah. going to be a pretty picture after the rapture. No, it's not. And, and because, you know, JB, because we're commanded uh, to love one another, that means not just our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to love unbelievers enough to tell them about the gospel period. But in the light of current events and, and soon to come, future events like the rapture, uh, I think we need to be more motivated in more of a loving fashion and, and sense the urgency to do it and, and uh, to tell more people about it whenever we get the chance. Yeah. And uh, that's why our listener in Franklin, Tennessee, had such a great idea with this, with this subject matter, prophecy and evangelism. I think that uh, it's been a, a great three-part series, J.B., and Boy, thank you very much for, for being with us on this. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. I hope that it gets lots of, uh, uh, you know, downloads and people will pass it around because, uh, you know, one, one final thing I just want to mention is that sometimes when we get into sharing the gospel, I know that this has happened to me many times, it, it, it without realizing it, it becomes uh, competitive and it you get defensive and you want to convince someone. Because, yes. you know, the person might say, oh, I don't believe that, or I don't believe this, or you're crazy, yeah. and you start, you just, you almost, it becomes argumentative, right? It and can be. Really yes. check that and make sure that, as this listener suggested, how can we lovingly share the gospel? We yes. need to remember that it's not about winning, it's about their soul. That's and right. ultimately, it's not about our argument. It's it's not about how well we can spin it or or present it or what yes. needs we can tap into. It's the Holy Spirit who brings the increase. It's That's our right. job to present the gospel clearly, accurately, and urgently, and leave it at, leave it at that, you know, and pray can, for the can person. Can our, can our attitudes of competitiveness sometimes quench the Spirit in, in, in that respect? I think so. I think our attitude can definitely be counterproductive. 
Uh, and I know I've been guilty of that because as you can imagine, since the world I live in is, is theological and Bible conferences and academia and, you know, speaking in, in all over the place, uh, I'm engaged in a lot of uh, discussions where I regret later the way I let the conversation go. Now, one victory that I had this past week, I shared this on Sunday, but on Saturday, as I was driving back uh, from Nebraska, I got a call because uh, I my number's out there. I put my cell number on our website and our 1-800 number at the office, right. and I, I return every call and every email. Uh, sometimes there's a little delay if I'm caught in the middle of, a, of an event or traveling or whatever, but they always get flagged and returned. Well, uh, so because it's out there, sometimes I get unsolicited calls, and this yeah. was one of those, and it was a person who called, and they said... Uh, trying to reach Dr. Hicks. And I said, well, this is he, how can I help you? They said, well, I want to, want to know if you had time for me to ask you a question. And I said, uh, well, sure. But let me uh, mention before you do that I'm on the road, I'm driving. I'm not, can't guarantee how good my cell coverage is going to be. So if we get disconnected, I'll call you back when I'm somewhere where I can talk more. Uh, as it happens, we did not have any cell coverage problems, but uh, what's your question? Well, the person then <laughs> just became I you know really uh, vo vocal and loud and basically were lambasting me because I believe Jesus is God and I believe in the Trinity which they yeah. had seen on our on our uh, doctrinal statement on our website right and it just would not let me get a word in edgewise and uh, I kept trying to say you know sir if you'll give me a chance to respond I'll be glad to answer that question or respond to that comment and uh, finally, I just said, look, it sounds like I said, you, you called me unsolicited, didn't make an appointment, asked if, if you could ask a question. And then all you've done is lecture me and you haven't given me the chance to talk at all. If this is the way it's going to be, I'm going to have to let you go simply because my time is very valuable and I, I'm settled on this issue. I'm not going to change my view on the Trinity and the deity of Christ. And, uh, and so uh, I don't want to hang up on you. I said that. But yeah. uh, I will if it comes to that. I want to be gracious. And so I was really proud of me keeping my cool in spite of being yeah. provoked and personally attacked. You know, you don't know anything about Greek and Hebrew. And if you knew this, you'd know that when Jesus said, God, I and my father are one, he wasn't talking about the Trinity, on and on and on. But uh, eventually I did not have to hang up on the gentleman because he hung up on me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, which, uh, you know, so anyway, yeah. that's an example where, you know, I, I, you know, by God's grace, I was just driving along and, uh, and, it, and, it, and I was in a good mood and I, and I handled myself well, but yeah, I just wanted to remind the listeners to, as you said, check your attitude and make sure. Yeah. I mean, cause it's easy for, for a situation to get out of control like that sometimes. Yeah. And so we do need to be very careful about how we, how we enter a conversation on, uh, the, uh, being saved and how we leave it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, great discussion and uh, yes. look yeah. forward to being back with you again next week. We'll have to talk offline about what we want our topic to be. But if any listener has an idea, send it our way. Oh, send it our way, man. We'll, we're we're going to welcome all ideas. We may not be able to touch on every one of them, but uh, we'll pick out the ones that we think are are really that the spirit leads us to to, to act on. And, and uh, 
but don't let that stop you from sending us your suggestions. We we welcome them all. Amen. Yeah, pastor says amen to that. Amen. Uh, I agree. The, yeah, this has been a fun three-part series, JB, and uh, we are so blessed to have you as part of the team on this. And because uh, I really can't think of too many other people that I would I would rather have treat this subject than you. Uh, and the other guy that I would is sitting right to my to my right. Uh, and and uh, I've I've had the pleasure of listening to him present gospel for for uh, many many years, and, and he he's a good one. Uh, so and and you'll hear him on t- on Saturday morning if you tune in. Uh, you don't want to miss him either. So uh, again, JB, thank you so much uh, for being with us, and we look forward to being with you again next Tuesday. Uh, you're you're always a blessing to us, Absolutely. man. Absolutely, always a blessing to us, and we hope our listeners. And well, we know our listeners are are being blessed by it also. So, uh, thank you again, sir. You bet. And uh, oh, yeah, uh, the reminder. First, yeah. Can I remind everybody about your live streams on Sunday morning at nine and ten thirty Mountain Time, and six p.m. Wednesdays Mountain Time from Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. If you're not able to be at your own church, live stream JB services, you will not be sorry. Amen, thank you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, sir. We're we're happy to to do that. Uh, Well, I sometimes wish that we were out there traveling and could visit you and sit in on one of those in person. I'd love to do it one of these days. Come on out anytime. We'll pitch a tent in the backyard and you guys will live like kings. Uh, You know what? I've, I've... being in the army, I know how to do that That's rather right. well. <laughs> I might have it more comfortable in your living room by the time it's all over with. <laughs> That's all right. We'll take it. <laughs> Just give me a pot-bellied stove and some MREs. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, listen, we, we may do that one of these days. Uh, we will keep that in mind. If we're able to get out that way, we're going to get out that way. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right, my brother. Um, this, uh, I think we're going to have to sign off until Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know what pastor's going to speak on next week. Oh, surprise, 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 Sergeant. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't really. <laughs> Thanks, Gomer. No, it'll be on the word better. Oh, okay. Oh, the word. We're going to do a, a, a word study on the word better. That's it. Oh, that's going to be pretty good. Is it going to be better than good? (laughs) I hope so. Okay. It had better. I I, I trust that it will be. Okay. Uh, Usually is. So be sure and tune in with us uh, this coming Saturday morning with Pastor Dick. And we're we're going to study the word better through a scriptural lens. You're going to like it. Yeah. Don't miss it. And again, don't miss JV's live streams on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening. Uh, You can go to notbyworks.org. And check it out. Don't miss it. Again, JB, thank you once again. And bless you, my brother, for being with us and uh, treating this this, uh, subject so thoroughly, sir. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next Tuesday, JB. And for our listeners, be sure to tune in Saturday morning. And until then, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. God bless and keep you.